0: Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back, and here's your host, John Nothing Dope! Oh yeah. Welcome back to the show folks. I know it seems like it's been forever, but I promise you it hasn't. Welcome back. Go deep the podcast. We are a member of go deep productions on today's show. We have some special guests, but before we get into there, I just want to give you a friendly reminder. Go to go deep productions. sites.com from there. You can listen to the podcast. If you aren't already listening from there, you can also click on one of our links saying, get the gear. That's our shirt. We have the new QR um, deep shirt. It's just a simple shirt. Just a way for you to spread the love. It's very low-key. I promise you, if you don't like it, just tell me. I like it. That's all that fucking matters. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, Today is a raw gas experience with none other than your favorite guy that loves rubber and road, Motorsports MoFo. How are you, pal?
1: I'm ready to do this, as always, John. I'm excited. It's a Sunday. We got uh, lots of racing going on. Finally, finally, you know, we've got some spring weather coming our way up here in Ontario, Canada. So, ready to do this. And, uh... Hey, who's ready to go racing, right?
0: Honestly, if you're not ready to go racing, you suck. (laughs) And, and John, while while we're
1: there, I just want to say, actually, you know, if you're not ready to go racing, maybe it's because your carburetor is uh, not tuned. True. So, guys, girls, if, uh, you know, you're having an issue with that carb rebuild on your classic car or your your race car, make sure you jump over to the carbrebuilders.com where you check out on instagram the carb rebuilders reach out to uh don and the guys there they will get your carb all set up and that's anything if you're in a hemi challenger or a porsche or something marine there is a lot of uh, boat guys i know that are out there and listening so make sure you jump on over to the carb or give uh them a call and again they've got a instagram feed now up so they're always uh there for you make sure you check them out <laughs>
0: Excellent. I'm sure we will. And also on this show, we have our friend that hasn't been on for a while, but he's from the U.S. He's a Patriot. I don't know if he's a Trump fan, but that's none of our damn business. The one and only Patrick from Florida. How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? You know, I'm living the dream up here in uh, the great white north. So NASCAR, Um, you know, we have uh, five races in and uh, we're coming up to Richmond. What are your thoughts, gentlemen?
2: I'm disappointed with the product overall in a cup uh, series level. I'm 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 also very disappointed as well in the cup level. Nothing really fancy is just like a little bump, a little touch. They touch the wall and they're done for the day. Versus you go last year, Rubbing's Racing. So, Yeah, Patrick, like I know you
1: you attended from what I talked to. I know you attended Daytona, and was it uh, Phoenix you went to, or was it? Uh, I can't remember. I know, I know you were at Daytona. What is, what have you found like the general fan sentiment has been like at the actual racetrack of air, just as viewing on TV. Cause I mean, sure. speaking for myself, like watching on the, on the TV, I have not been overly impressed. I mean, that being said, there has been some close race finishes, but the, the overall product I just, I'm personally not, I'm just not sold on it yet. I'm really not there. And,
2: um, I'm just curious, you know, like, what did you notice, like, when you read the track? There, like, what you saw. I, I noticed that. I think people are just going to the tracks because it's they can now. It's not about the racing. It looks like the racing. A lot of people are saying the the cars are slower. You can tell they're slower, especially at Daytona. You can. Just by seeing,
0: oh, they, they were, were noticeably
1: slower. They they were noticeably slower, way off like the normal pace that we're used to seeing at a restrictor plate track.
0: Now, guys, does that have anything uh, anything to do with the new uh, new chassis? It's a, it's a whole new aero package, new
1: body, um, new engine set. Whatever. like there's there's various factors and such that it could be. And I just want to be clear, like I know that anyone I know, like last year, uh, myself. and and john there and i I believe patrick i think we've all sort of had some loose talks about um the srx series and the point is the srx series they're obviously all racing short tracks and these are um, essentially ls-based powered engine cars and my point is is that they are running a slower pace and they are a different chassis completely than nascar altogether and that being said the racing is still exciting. So I'm not necessarily all about that. The racing is slower, but it adds to it. And my complaint is that I feel like when they went to this new chassis that you mentioned, I feel like there were so many changes, so many swings at the fence, if you will, that it's just as a fan. And I don't mean a casual fan, but a fan that has watched for years. Um, to me, it was just a little bit much all at once, a lot of changes all at once. So you've now, like, like Patrick was saying, you've got cars with what we call like half shafts compared to like a, and compared to like a solid uh, rear differential type thing, like the nine inch board. Now you're, now you're running a sequential gearbox and such. Um, it, it's just a whole different thing. And I, I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not, to be honest.
0: Like, when you it, said the uh, cool. the half shafts, I was kind of thinking of Alan Smithy, but I don't want to go that deep.
1: <laughs> no. I, I was actually talking about John Doe, but uh, <laughs> no, you know what? It's just like the the cars are a lot less. I, I want to say like I mean obviously I've never driven one, but they appear a lot less stable, and maybe
2: that's not the right word, but it, it seems Patrick, that like. The, or go ahead, Patrick. Sorry, and, and sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, but the drivers drivers have also said that that they cannot feel the balance of the cars. That for example, Chase Elliott, I believe it was out of Las Vegas, he was saying he doesn't know if he's tight, the car's too tight, or the car's too loose. He can't, he can't tell. You know the interesting thing, you know,
1: I want to go back to, when was it the C.O.T. came out, the car of tomorrow? Because I remember Kyle Busch winning. 2007? 2000, or... Yeah, I think it was like early 07 or early 08, something like that. It's been a little while now. The point is, is, when the car of tomorrow came out, there, I mean, personally, it, it was like a fat kid like on stilts. I mean, it was just ugly, right? Now that being said, I understand that that's how they had to start, and you know, NASCAR massaged on them, the teams worked on them, and got them really to looking, frankly, um, a few seasons there like a really good race car. But the, my point ultimately is, I remember Kyle Busch giving an interview and someone asking about, well, what do you think of the new car? You know, Kyle, how how's it run and what do you think? I remember Kyle Bush just slamming it, completely slamming saying it sucks, he doesn't like it, da 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 da. And went on about it. And I remember he got in some trouble for that, and I believe there was a fine associated with it.
0: Why would you find so, the driver uh, if they're just uh, expressing the truth? And of it, what it their was funny. Are.
1: Well, I'll come back to that, John, with this is like, okay, um, you're a hockey fan or a wrestling fan. So, I mean, um you're you're talking to a, your, your favorite wrestler now. And, well, okay, what do you think of this new match? Uh, I don't know, as an example, Undertaker. I don't like it. It's silly. doesn't make sense. If you were slamming the product or the sanctioning body in this case, I'm sure that it doesn't reflect well and, and sponsors and so on and so forth because there's a lot of money. Like, in so basically
0: the sponsors got upset even though he was cl- uh, stating I don't even obvious. know if
1: it was the sponsors, but I know the sanctioning body, like NASCAR slapped him with like some sort of fine or there was some sort of blowback if you will about his, his remarks and my point ultimately is is that i think there's a lot of drivers that look at you know what are the outcome if i slam like what i don't like about this chassis versus just trying it a little bit more neutral and saying well we are learning this and oh, we've realized we can't do this or that and i'm just i'd be genuinely curious to hear some honest uncut remarks of what they think of the new car
2: and, and, and funny- I'm yeah it's ahead. funny uh, it's funny that you said Kyle Busch because Kyle Busch won that race and trashed a car during his victory victory lane speech at Bristol. Wow. yeah because Kyle like Kyle's tradition always
1: been good at Bristol, right And I, I think like anyone you could argue with say Kyle Bush is one of the best in the the series right now well, you could I mean and I'm talking about his driving talent. And we could negotiate that back and forth, I'm sure, for a couple of hours about who's better or who. But Kyle Bush can seriously get quite a bit out of a race car when he when the car is doing what it's supposed to do. Um, yeah. So when Kyle comes out with a statement like that, you have to take it like with a bit of credibility, right? And I would say the same as an example if a Kyle Larson came out and said something about how he thinks the car is or isn't based on like you look at how this kid can do in endurance racing over to a dirt car, right? And then over to a Cup Series car. So I'd be curious just to hear some of these guys' opinions on what they really think of the car, but I just feel like watching um, five in so far, and like I said, we're going to Richmond, I'm just not that thrilled with it. I'm I'm really curious to see how these guys are going to make out when they get to Martinsville, a short track, uh, a lot of beating and banging, and and I'm curious to see if these new cars will take that sort of abuse, right? Because there's always been a bit of, That's what makes NASCAR, you know, stock car racing or NASCAR type thing. The fun is when you can really lean on these cars a little bit and yeah, they're going to bend a bit, but predominantly these things would take quite a licking. And, um, I don't know, but you know what? Like I, I'm just, I'm not sold on where the product is right now. I'm still obviously watching, but I'm a little bit, I'm on the fence right now. I'll say that as a fan, like I'm, you know, it, it's a shame because, I mean, I've been a NASCAR fan for, for years. And uh, I'd like to obviously stay as a fan, but we're going to have to see,
2: like, where, where it all goes, right? Like, I'm I'm just like you. I've been watching ever ever since I was a kid. And now seeing this, I'm not impressed. Like, I don't know if I can keep watching it or even going to races because it's like, what entertainment am I going to get?
0: Patrick, gotcha. do no, you feel um, like you're wasting your time now that they've made these sanction changes? Is that is this the... I don't know. It's just
2: like I think it's they don't. Nobody's hearing out what people are saying about the feedback about these cars, and they're just doing what they want with it. And here you go. Here's a product, and you're gonna enjoy it. Like I I want. So as an example, John, um, for anyone
1: that that watched, I watched. um, I'm sure Patrick also had the opportunity to watch the Xfinity Series race at Richmond yesterday. Great racing. Beautiful finish. You can argue that, I mean, you know, what, what side of the fence you fall on there, whether for John Hunter Nemechek or um, he had a good car going towards the end. But to see, to see Ty um, or to Gibbs there uh, taking the win, you know, good racing, but again, they're on the old style chassis still, Right. So the teams have quite a bit of influence, if you will, when they're building these things. And there's a lot of time and massaging to go into these things as they're constructing them. Now, when you come up to the Cup Series, though, these are all spec chassis and essentially it's designed so that you're putting every team on the same level. And I can argue that in the sense of if you, it, it, it almost goes back like I would compare it to house league hockey. It's like, okay, well, every every team gets, you know, an A-ranked player, a B-ranked, C-ranked, et cetera. Um, but, you know, th- this is the, the big league now, and this is where you want to see the best of the best go against the best of the best. And I think, personally, as a car guy myself, I like to see what the teams can do when they are fabricating their chassis. And I say fabricating, I mean, previously they still had to fall within specifications and templates and so on. So it's not like these guys are out there and, you know, just doing their own free will thing, but to now see where NASCAR has stepped in and sanctioned and say, okay, we are supplying you the chassis. You guys can prepare them, set them up, but we're, we're built like, it just, there was a lot of technique and a lot of, Time and such that went into it before, and now, you know, we've seen some some a lot of first first time race winners, and in one hand, that is fantastic. It's always good to see someone get their first win. I'm sure, John, you never forgot your first.
0: Say hi to your (laughs) wife.
1: You know, as I said it, I thought. I thought to myself, "Fuck, this is not going to go well." But I've already said it, and it's just a matter of like, how hard am I going to get slapped here? So no, but I, I guess like I feel there was a lot that, that went into all the behind-the-scenes stuff for in pertaining to the teams that made it more of a team sport, and now I feel that the cars are essentially all spec chassis and such it just feels like meh. now it's more on okay who has a, like it's not about the equipment anymore i guess i mean some would argue that now you're actually seeing who can drive and who can't but well, that's I mean, what i was going
0: to ask you i was like now that everything's kind of the same you know does that not mean that now it's just going to be based on skill opposed to what's under the hood um
2: i can agree to disagree the only reason why i say that is because now it's becoming strategy. Yeah. Right? Now it's yeah. just who, who what what lap to pit on to make sure you get out in front and once you're there, if you can stay out in front, that's good because yes, there's more lead changes, but at the same time they're not really getting getting away. Okay. It's pretty much all the same car. So if you're up front, you're gonna stay up front. If you have a bad pit stop and puts you back, you don't really come back from that
0: so knowing that there's six games as of tonight uh patrick and you kind of have already said this but i'm curious if you could elaborate on this with that being said with you know everything kind of changed aren't you more interested to see who's going to win at the end to kind of see if this completely changes the whole game
2: yeah but at the same time it's just like you look at all these these these, uh teams that you know exactly exactly what uh mofo said built their own chassis and everything to specs and everything And you got like a team like Hendrick and Gibbs and Roush Fenway, so on. Right. They all put like Hendrick and Gibbs put up, I believe Hendrick put up his, um, his house and his dealership to go race back in 85, 84. And now there's an everything I will agree with. And like,
1: I guess it's like, it's like a lot of stick and ball sports or even just globally, like things, you know, things change and people have changed, but, you look at, I guess, yeah, like Patrick is saying, where you look at, as an example, the Petties, the Earnhardt, uh, especially Dale or Ralph, but like some of these guys, they really had to cut their teeth and, and work their way into the sport and push and fight. And I say fight and claw for what they got. I mean, Richard was very successful, obviously, or. Um, you know, same same with Jeff Gordon, had to really work to, to get to where he ultimately, like where he became with 93 wins. But it wasn't just like these guys just, you know, swooped in, bought their own team and were instantly successful. You know, I think there was a lot riding on some of these deals. Um, as an example, like when, when Jeff was put in the car back then, it was still like you were looking generally, you were putting in like veteran guys that you wanted in your car. Never mind, you don't want some young, you know, and now it's like eight, you look at Ty Gibbs. Is it, 19 years old, I believe, and, and nothing wrong with that. Don't be wrong, that's awesome to see, like, these young guys coming in, and I think that's fantastic. I'm just essentially trying to say the mindset was totally different then, and things were a lot more of a gamble, and I, I think now, like, you're seeing these, you know, people just swooping in because it's, like, a popular thing to do, and and, and don't be wrong, though, it's good, it, it I feel like I'm talking both sides of my mouth at the same time. It is good. It's just, it's just interesting just to see where the whole thing is gone and and where the sport is going. And I, I
0: I think it's just going to make it, it's going to change it up. Like you have to, I guess from a business side, you got to kind of look at things, you know, like, how do I change this up to change the outcomes a little bit to make, generate that, that interest. And maybe like, you know, a fresh company that wants to get involved in terms of sponsorship, you know, maybe now they have a better chance because instead of having somebody that has like slight edge and, and however you um, calibrate the vehicle, now you have that ability that it's it's all based on strategy, like Patrick from Florida, they were saying. So maybe now we're gonna start seeing a whole different change in uh, drivers winning.
1: And you know, John, like I as much as I like as much as I belly about everything, I do agree that from a business model, NASCAR had to like start looking at its options. Right. You got to think that nothing runs on hopes and dreams and NASCAR has to constantly be looking how to build their brand, how to, how to, you know, anyone that saw like Texas last year, you saw like how many of these open, now you can argue, sorry, that COVID and everything like that, people's traveling habits and such. But at the end of the day, they've got to start filling more seats in the stands. Yep. And there's always going to be races, as an example, a Talladega, a Daytona, a Martinsville. Those tracks generally will always be sell-out tracks. But then there's their other ones where they've really got to start changing the business model on. And, and that's what they've been doing, trying to make steps to do that, right? And I know we're up to, as I believe, what is it, seven road courses now this season, Patrick, I believe? Yeah, I believe seven. So. You know, like that there is a good thing, and there's another thing that I guess as a fan that bothers me. And, and as stupid as it sounds, when I look at these cars, I feel like I'm watching a sports car race. And it's because of like, I agree. When I look at these things, it's like they look so massaged to these cars, and where they've got the numbers placed it literally looks like I'm watching a sports car race. And I guess where I'm having like trouble sort of rationalizing all in my head is that when you used to look at a a stock car it's like it looked like more like the sedan type thing and now we're watching the Supra the Camaro the Mustang it's like well you know, fuck, we need a challenger out there. And then we're basically at a sports car race. Yeah. Right. And I guess the thing is though, is some fans are going to be totally cool with this product that NASCAR's put together now. And other fans are probably going to be thinking like, you know, I missed the days of yesteryear, if you will. But and as a business, business model, ways- they had to do it. And I get that. So it's like I say, I'm talking out of both sides of the mouth, but it's just, you know,
2: my thoughts on the sport. Well, another way they could have done it too, was they don't race at Rockingham anymore or North Wickersboro, bro. Right. So the two tracks that are were popular on the uh, on the on the map at that point, right? And they just
0: I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying there, Patrick. Now, uh, Mofo would would it not be a better plan maybe if those particular um, racetracks aren't so popular with just the regular NASCAR to maybe do the uh, championship uh, series only at those tracks? Then
1: you know, I think I think like in in terms of the championship. I think my personal thought is every season they should be changing them up. Yes. at least, right. at least the final race of the season. And I you know, as an example, you're talking to someone that has been to a number of tracks, and I personally would love to see, as an example, a Martinsville or a Bristol be the last race of the season. Because every every season you can be changing up from one to another. just keeps it interesting. So like the Super sort of Bowl the, is what you're saying. Like yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, moving around or, city to city, track to track, call it whatever you will, right? That being said, I know that by the time they are get like into their final race of the season, things are starting to get a little colder. So like a, a Michigan, as an example, would probably not be ideal. And frankly, probably a Martinsville would probably be a little bit sketch as well. But just as a, a thing, like I think that from a championship aspect, they could definitely be moving around once every, every um, season to, to what the final track is. And in terms of some of these other tracks that they've disbanded on, I know like Kentucky lost its Cup Series race. So it's like, as an example, if you're going to take away like a Kentucky, and you know, tons of people have talked about them wanting to go back and see them run North Wilkesboro or Rockingham, right? So some of these old tracks that have been disbanded, I think that could be fantastic. And there was obviously a market for it there before, and I'm sure you'd get a market on it again. Like so, exactly. in some regards, get I think like if NASCAR were to say, okay, let's get back to our roots, but with us getting back to our roots, we're also bringing this new car. And this new technology and everything, because I mean, there is a whole segment of people that are really on board with all the new tech that they've thrown into these NASCARs. And there's nothing wrong with the tech, I guess. It's just me as a fan. I feel like the you show me another sport, and I know John, you're an avid hockey fan. Show me another sport that changes its rules and 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 setups and so on and so forth so, so frequently, right? And I know, like, skate and stick technology has obviously come a long way from where it was in, say, the 60s, but you show me, like, the the parallel, and you can't compare. And same with baseball, football, like, a lot of the, the does rules watch, and such have always...
0: Does, does anybody watch baseball anymore, though? Let's be honest. <laughs> I do. Come on, now. I'm a big White Sox fan, actually. Are you? Yeah, man. But- I'd love to see the Blue Jays win, but we have to pay two hundred dollars for nosebleeds just to see it happen. Oh, oh God! I, I ranked
1: that up there with the Leafs. Like, you're, you're, let's be honest, you're not going to see the Leafs win the cup, and I'll so, take all the hate mail for that. But you're, you're not going to see that. I don't care how much you, you put ten million on um, the
0: fourth line, and you're still not going to you're, you're not going to get that cup. You know what, uh, Motorsports Mofo, I. Uh, politely tell you to go fuck yourself but we're gonna move on <laughs> uh so going back to uh the end of the year uh the end of the year race so if you had your way it would almost be nfl styles super bowl style so like a concert in the middle a whole the whole nine yards is that is that the way you'd go to kind of like celebrate no. the end of the season no why not no
1: because uh, you don't different sports you're not gonna have a concert in the middle of the race I don't want to see the cars having to shut down mid-race, cool off, and go through the, you know, a red flag, quote-unquote, situation. Yeah. If you want to do a pre-race um, what about party after like race? That, What about an after-race?
0: What about an after-race? Would you do a pre or after? See, I think, like, an after-race
1: party, something like that, would be pretty cool from a the fan side. Called. I know, like, typically, though, if you've ever been to a race, there's always a lot of pre-race stuff, right? And especially if you're there for race weekend, like in the, where people are camping and all that, they'll have concerts and everything after the races or at night. But if the races say on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday after the race has ended, I'm talking like half an hour after races has ended, you're already seeing people starting to pull out. And know some of the tracks, the people stick around, and continue to party, and they'll pull out on like the Monday morning or the Sunday morning, depending on when the race is. But generally speaking, once the race is over, it's like are that's your shot, and it's uh, you know it's shrinking back down now. That's it, yeah. right?
0: We're well, talking so, about pulling I, out. Let's uh, let's pull out of this. Yeah, sort of speaking, of, speaking <laughs> of pulling out.
1: <laughs> no, I I, <laughs> I just think like I think
0: so. As an example, if if they were gonna change anything, I could
1: I think that would be pretty cool. Where Uh, post-race, they did something similar to like the SRX series, where it's like after the final race, okay, then like they, you're given a thing and like, they have like something for all the the guys and the teams while everyone's right there. And you can still have your awards banquet in Vegas later on, of course, but you can do something sort of at the track and have like a post-race concert, make a little bit more of an event of it for sure. Uh, But again, you'd also have to then factor in like where I'm talking about, oh, I'd love to see them have a final series race at like a Martinsville. There's certain tracks just wouldn't probably be conducive and such due to weather starting to change because like they're finishing up their series in November. And I'm not looking to see them necessarily finish the series in September because frankly, I love good fall racing, but it's just something that would also then have to be put into the equation but again you know i'm not like a, i'm not a business person and there's obviously a reason that these decisions are made as to what track is going to get the host of and and so on and so forth but just an observational thing but overall just uh, you know i think there's a lot of things I, I look at nascar i'd love just to get some some feedback from like the drivers what their honest honest opinions are regardless of what the sponsors and the sanctioning body would say and um, I'm sure there's some drivers that would love to see other tracks other than like a Homestead or a Phoenix as their last race, right? So
0: what about this idea? And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but obviously as Mofo is a Canadian, I know that uh, you're uh, an American there, uh, Patrick from Florida. But what about having a race, one race in in, uh, in Canada a year? What's the, what's the odds of that happening and having an actual sanctioned race? You
1: know, well, i I've been waiting for them to bring a Cup Series race up here. I know, like, there's that track in Erie, and it's never materialized. I was just about Um, to bring that up, actually. I know that they brought the Truck Series up here to Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, and that was always, you know, a good race weekend. Chase Elliott got his first Truck Series win there, and that was pretty cool to see Chase, and the, the trucks always... Seem to have a good crowd, good market. I mean, and again, that was a road course race. But, you know, I was cool watching that on the road course. And I know when the Xfinity cars were coming, or then it was the Bush Series, um, they'd be out on the island there in Montreal. So, I mean, that was, again, still pretty cool. Something different. I would personally like to see... Sounds like we're on the racetrack right now. Yeah, there's just, we got a lot of noise there. Oh, part, right. So I'd personally like to see them maybe come back, but I'd love to see them on like a short track maybe up here. But, you know, it's a, it's a Canadian market. And the reality is, is that we don't have even our short tracks. Like we don't have the tracks that would properly be able to really house a Cup Series race. Unless you want to take the Cup Series to the road course. Um, In Montreal, then that would maybe be an option, right? I mean, NASCAR does have seven road courses now on the list. So, I mean, you could using make eight an eighth, or I'm sure they would sell out the place, no problem. There would be people that would go, right? There's enough people in the northern states, and even in the south, that would probably travel. So, I'd be for it if they. I'd be for it if they were willing to do that. But I'll, I would go. I think, like, I'm sure, like if Patrick is willing to cross the border. There's gotta be, you know, ten or fifteen thousand other fans that would probably do the same. And from people, fans in Canada, I'm sure like they like they would go. That wouldn't be a question. But again, NASCAR has statistically always stayed to their their home home base type thing, right? Like there's ample times where they could have brought the Cup series up for a race. And they don't, you know, I know like when you go to Michigan, as we've often talked about before, John, they'll play the Canadian anthem as well as the U S when you'll see half the stands are people from Canada. Right. So, you know, I'd, I'd be for that, but again, I'm not going to hold my breath. And but as much as I don't know whether I like or dislike these new cars, there's a lot of things I don't really like about them. But I think like the way these cars are set up and such and built and handling characteristics, yeah. I think that they would be fantastic on a new road course, you know, up in Montreal, I think they'd be, you know, why not let them try it out and see how like the fan experience is. And if it sells the tickets then yeah, you bring them back for another year. Right.
0: So boys, before we wrap this up, is there anything you wanted to get off your chest uh, right now before we close this bad boy up? I heard Patrick and I were talking
1: um, before we started recording. There was Denny Hamlin. And I found that surprising. I can't confirm it, but I know Patrick said he's read it on a few places. So, Patrick, what have you got on Denny Hamlin?
2: Um, a couple sources. Uh, ESPN. Don't quote me on this, though. The, one of the, the anchors for race day has confirmed that Denny Hamlin will be announcing his retirement before the race at Richmond at the end of the season.
0: It's so dramatic. Nobody's saying anything. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked, John, because I shouldn't say shocked. I'm,
1: we all know Denny's getting older. I, I guess I have the problem, much like when Jeff Gordon announced his retirement or maybe not as much Jimmy Johnson, but like when some of these guys do announce the retirement, you're always in your head as a fan thinking, oh, I, you know, I just thought they would go one more season or I thought they had maybe two more seasons in them still or, or whatever the number. Right now, I'm shocked, I guess, just because I thought to myself, like, Denny has always been chasing the elusive championship. I mean, he's always been there, but just can't seem to close the deal. And I would rank him up there with, it's hard, it's hard to argue him, say, versus a Carl Edwards. Because Carl Edwards essentially won it and tied Tony Stewart for the championship. But because of points and the way the points sort of went were handed out. Exactly. I, I would almost rank him in there with a Carl Edwards where I don't think that you can judge his success based on does he have a championship or not. Because he's been there so many times. He's won so many races. he dominated numerous seasons and just then has had bad luck or hasn't been able to close the deal. So I'm shocked in the sense of that I just sort of felt like from meeting Denny a number of times that he would always just sort of be there. I mean, he seems in relatively good health. I know he's had some back issues over the years, but he generally seems to be in good spirits, good health. But likewise, I can understand, you know, now that he's an owner, maybe you're wanting to focus more on your own team with Michael Jordan and see that prosper along and then open up the seat at Gibbs for, for a new young talent coming up. I'm sure, you know, Gibbs has probably had some meetings with the team and is looking at, you know, ties going to be coming up and, um, you know, Matt Benedetto is always like a name floating around season to season where he's going to land. And, you know, there's other good talent coming. So I'm not surprised, I guess, in one aspect that he's announced it, but I just didn't see this coming. I thought again, in my head, one more season, one more season type mentality. So, um, if it be true, you know, it's going to be sad to see Denny go, but I'm sure that we'll still see him around the racetrack, you know, as an owner. But, um, it was always nice to see him, you know, as a competitor, a good guy. I've, I've had the, like I say, the luxury of meeting Denny a number of times and, Really good to his fans. Fun to watch on the racetrack. But, uh, yeah, if he's going to retire, I mean, we obviously wish him all the best. It was just didn't expect to see that coming, to be honest.
0: Jeez, that's a mouthful. That's what she said. Yeah, (laughs) not to you. All right, folks. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just a further reminder, uh, we have our website up. If you want to listen to us from there, or if you want to connect to some of the other podcasters on this podcast, just go to godeproductions.godaddiesites.com. And if you wanna check out our gear, go to the link, get the gear, and go from there. And I know their Mofo has someone they want uh, he wants you to check out as well.
1: Yeah, guys, just once again make sure you check out our sponsor, the carb rebuilders. Don and the guys are really good. And again, anything from new to vintage, they can take care of the walk through all the steps, it was hard to find Parts they'll track them down for you really good though with their rebuilds and restoration make sure you check out their Instagram the carb rebuilders and or give them a call number there is on their Instagram page so check them out make sure that uh, whether it's marine automotive that you uh, reach out to the carb rebuilders for all your restoration
0: needs absolutely Patrick from Florida thank you very much for your time and uh, your long distance bill
2: anytime my friend anytime guys
1: (laughs) Patrick let let us know if you want to send some of that nice weather up here no I'll I'll just like the key but
0: thanks shocker <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: motorsports <Judas. laughs> motorsports mofo once again thank you for having me on the raw gas experience sir yeah thank you again and uh, I'd say it was a pleasure to, to
1: have you here but it wasn't but Patrick it's, it's always nice to talk to you thank you for joining us to do this and we appreciate it and if you want Justin Trudeau we'll ship him down just let us know
2: no no you, can keep him. you guys can keep him we don't want him here <laughs>
0: A wise person once told me uh, nobody likes a tip except Pat from Florida. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. This is Go Deep Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at podcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep.